Welcome. Many objectivists, when you ask them, what would you do if you met Dominique Francon, the heroine of the Fountainhead, their answer would be, I would ask her what she does on Friday night. That's because they are in fictional love with her. But not everyone is like that. You might heard the rumors that we all think alike were a cult. That's not the case. Proof number 1000, the view that we have about Dominique. So, Mark, am I right that this episode was your idea because you had this thing inside you that you wanted to express how much you don't really see the appeal <laughs> of Dominique? Well, folks, we are back. Um, what can I tell you? The Greek internet blows. So we had to take a slight <laughs> hiatus so that Nikos could get back online. His question to me was, you know, there's not a lot of unanimity about uh, amongst objectivists about even characters iconic characters in the books of Ayn Rand. One of those characters is Dominique Franken, um, whom many people are in love with as a literary character. I would never date her in a million years. She bugs the crap out of me. Um, now, the reasons, of course, are because the main thrust of what she does to Howard Dork is attempt to destroy him. I know I've heard versions uh, of this narrative from like Don Watson that's claimed that's not exactly true. She's actually protecting him, but she's not. She's trying to destroy him. She goes through a series of bad relationships and marriages for reasons that are sort of mysterious to me. Um, and she's, um, I, I can understand her standard. I can understand her cynicism. I can understand her feeling, her sensibility, uh, her observation that, that, uh, Greatness is destroyed by the by the mediocre. That values are really you know impossible to achieve because others will tell, tear you down. But her response to those values, I think, is despicable and annoying. Right. So I'll play Dominic's advocate, and the Dominic's advocate would say that look, Dominic is a person who is an idealist, and at some point her idealism puts her into conflict with the world. So she has the choice: idealism versus the world. And her choice is to hell with the world, to hell with my life. So she says she's sacrificing mostly herself at the end of the day. Yeah. You are right. But not having to sleep every night with Peter eating. So for me, this is the biggest sin that by you can give up the world and just go and live in your father's country house near the quarry when we when she first actually meets Ron. But she doesn't just do that. She wants to take it, the, the, the black pill. She wants to experience the destruction. Why? Because she believes that the world is a place of pain. So initially, because she's this idealist, she says, okay, I don't want from this world. I desire nothing. I actually have one strong desire, which is to desire nothing. But then she meets Rourke, and she desires him, and this makes her very, very angry. This is why, actually, she's so bitter and angry with Rourke, even, like, sexually angry, because, wow, suddenly I want this man so much. At that point, it's not Rourke, it's that random man in the quarry. And when she realizes that there's something in this world that she wants, she can't stand it. Remember that scene where she's walking in the streets of New York, and she thinks... I can't even stand the people who touch him. I can't even stand the guy who is going to give him his cigarettes from the grocery, N from, Nikos. From, from the corner. Yes. Nikos, this is all true, and I have to interrupt you. This is called a red flag. 
when you meet a girl like this on a speed dating trip and she's an idealist to such a degree that she tortures herself. And then when she sees somebody who actually meets that ideal, hates him and is angry because he exists and is jealous and filled with rage at the inferior beings that touch him. This is called a red flag. You press the bell, you move to the next table, you get rid of that bitch as fast as you possibly can. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, so red flags usually apply to women who are dangerous to you, right? Who are what? So in what ways, Dominique? So I said red flags apply to women who are dangerous, like who can yes. actually harm you in some way. Yes. Okay, so they stalk you. They okay, Dominique cannot do any of these. Cannot do any of these things. Actually, she thinks she can hurt Rock Carias. But actually, Rourke almost enjoys this competition. As a friend put it, you know the notion of a seat test, Mark? The notion of a what? A seat test. Someone is like, a woman is testing you to see if you can take it. So this is what happens throughout, throughout the novel. Dominic is seat testing Rourke, and Rourke takes it, and Rourke almost enjoys this competition. And I, and I understand what you're saying, but this to me is this is a major sign of a neurotic relationship. These kinds of tests and games that one plays um, are, are just bizarre and and sort of dishonest and strange. I'm uh, once again the red flag is going up. I'm moving her to the next table and moving on to somebody else. Okay. Do you think she actually delays Rourke's success? So let's imagine the founder heads without Dominique. Would Rourke be successful as we find him at the end of the story? Yes. Do you think that he would be successful earlier? Okay. No, no. I don't I can't say whether he'd be successful earlier. She certainly does her best to try to to try to smash his success. Would he be successful earlier? I can't say. Would he be successful, period? Yes. I think any situation that Rourke finds himself in, even in the even in the quarry, he's successful. It doesn't matter what his financial situation is, what his material situation is. It's a, it's a spiritual success that he has because he's doing exactly what he wants, when he wants, as he wants. It's an issue of self-esteem. Um, and so... But the fact that she tries to be an obstacle to him out of her, you know, clearly dislocated sense of what idealism is and learns in the end. I mean, she learns in the end. That's good. I mean, he passes the test. He, she, he, 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 she learns. Everything works out great. Um, not, you know, not to spoil it for everybody, but she's going up the elevator. There's work at the top of the tallest building in the world. And that and that's an amazing ending. It's fantastic. Uh, but I would have red flagged her a long time ago. I don't think I would have gotten to that point. I can't take it, Nikos. There's too much drama. <laughs> it is too much drama. Okay, but what do you make of the fact that with Gail Wyman, for example, the guy's literally about to blow his minds out. We meet, when we meet him, he has a gun against his head. And she's a woman of such a stature, of such a gravitas, of such a magnetism, that when he meets her, he regains his will to live. Remember these lines that he goes back to the banner and he works with extra fervor. He's a man in his 50s and he feels like a boy again. So she's a, a bit like... A beautiful woman can do that to a man. 
a beautiful woman who's particularly passionate as as Dominique is passionate, as any idealist is, as any saint. I mean, I would put her in that category. She punishes herself on a level that, you know, deserves some form of canonization. And those people are magnetizing. There's something about them. They draw you to them. And certainly there's a lot about her that makes her, you know, look, there's guys that go out with red flag women all the time because of all of these other qualities that they share. In part, their drama is interesting. In part, this this insane commitment to whatever it is they're committed to is is it, it invigorates the the body and mind of a man. So um, I'm just saying at my, maybe in my 20s, I would have dealt with it. I would have had the the, the emotional strength to deal with a woman uh, of, of that sort of, I have to say it, narcissism. Uh, nowadays, no, can't do it. Right. So Stephen Pressfield calls these people beautiful losers, these people who Thriving this petty drama. But here's the thing with Dominique. She doesn't want the drama. I think she would be very happy not to have drama in her life. So remember when she tells Rourke, hey, let's go to this small town. Let's stay here forever. I think she actually means it. Of course, Rourke is right when he says, then you be disgusted with me. So here's my last hypothesis to you, which is also related to intergender dynamics. How about by the, way, by the By the way, all true. I agree with you. I agree. She is sincere when she says that. He, she, and he's right when he says she, he would be dis, she would be disgusted with him if he did it. Right. So what about this? Here, here, here's my theory. The reason why Rourke doesn't see a red flag is because he knows that such a woman like Dominique can be tamed by a guy with a rock integrity like Howard Rourke, with a solid integrity, a guy who is immovable, a guy who can pass all her seat tests, for a lack of a better term. And in a way, their first sexual encounter, which I have to say is one of my least favorite scenes in The Fountainhead, I don't like this favorite this scene, is in a way a, a foreshadowing of their future relationship. That Rourke says, hey, whatever you say, I know that I can... I can actually, I can find your buttons. I know that I can tame you. I know that I can make you see the way. Of course, this today would be completely uh, be casticized as a, you know, toxic masculinity, whatever. But he knows that he can tame her. He knows that he can make her the most idealistic, faithful person who will literally go to be, to, to blow the building and be an accomplice to his to his crime. So how about this, Rourke? That doesn't sound, none of this sounds very healthy to me, but but keep going. No, that's it, that's it. That's, there is no but I would, I would, for Rourke because I, he can deal with it. I would say, I would say this, and I could, you know, I'm I'm just popping off, but I would say that the the, the more you get philosophy, the more clear you become about the way the world is, the more clear you become about yourself, the less red flags that anybody else present really matter to you at all, the less they can really touch you. I just, I just noticed this on, on social media that I used to get all caught up in the way that, you know, people talk to me, you know, and I would respond back in kind with intensity and I would see Trump doing similar things. And I thought, and I realized that comes from a place of moral weakness because none of these people or very few of them deserve the kind of attention that I can give them and they deserve, they deserve, they don't deserve 
the kind of insight that I could provide for them. And I don't deserve the things that they're saying to me. And they mattered less and less and less and less, but it took a lot of philosophy and integrating integrating rational egoism into my gut, trickling it down into my gut before I realized all of the things that these people say don't matter. Somebody like said recently, why is this, why, why are you letting this person abuse you? And I'm like, abuse me. I don't recognize it as abuse because I just don't recognize it. I don't care. They can't hurt me. So it's like, there's, there's a sense in which Rourke is an untouched soul. Nobody can hurt him. Not really. But all the things that they say about him doesn't matter because he has a full sense of self-esteem. He's grounded in himself. He doesn't need other people's approval in order to feel good about himself. And so, so yeah, I could say the red flag doesn't matter because he's not going to be hurt by a damn thing that she does. Exactly, exactly. And again, but that's, let's, but that's let's different. Be... But that's that's different. The psychological dynamic from I'm strong. I can control her. I can mold her into the person that I want her to be. There's really no molding Dominique. You know, there's no molding her. Um, you know, you can say that he's wise enough to see that her that her idealism is misguided, and that one day she's going to actually understand that her that the idealism in the world could actually merge. Right? They're actually possible to coexist. Um, she doesn't understand that now, and it's going to take her time to get there. He could see that, and 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 that informs even more his responses to her. So I think it's a, it's a combination of his farsightedness with respect to her qualities, which frankly I don't see far enough to get past, and and his own his own rock of Gibraltar integrity that is unshakable, it's untouchable. Any, nobody on the outside can untouch, nobody on the outside can touch you when you have true integrity. They really can't, nothing they say can really bother you. It's a truth, it's, it's a great truth to realize. It's liberating for anybody out there who starts to experience it. Well, you know where there are no red flags? There are no red flags in Quen Cordier Fine Art, who is actually sponsoring this episode. So Quen Cordier Fine Art has been making the world an even better and even more beautiful place for 27 years. They specialize in romantic realist paintings and sculptures, and the gallery's collection emphasizes themes which celebrate the moments of happiness, joy, and success possible to man on earth. Acquire art that you'll want to live with by visiting them online at Cordier.com on their Napa, California, and Jackson, Wyoming locations. And also they have the new Iron Run portrait prints and you can visit the link in the description and the, on, on the pinned comment. And you get, whenever you get a print, ARC UK gets $25 from Quen Corder Fine Art. And also when you get a beautiful piece of art, please don't throw it from your balcony as Dominique does in her weird uh, early period. So. I also just want to say, say I want to yeah. say something really quickly. That picture of At that that uh, great statue series of Atlas shrugging. Our our culture today would look at that man's body and say, and feel envious and sh ashamed when they compare their own bodies to a body like that, and would claim it's too perfect a body. I can't maintain it. We have to smash that idol immediately. I look at that. And I say, aside from all of the things that it represents to us objectivists, look at that amazing body. I may never be able to attain it, but I aspire to that. And the more I aspire to that, the better and healthier I will be. You know, guys, aspiring to something doesn't have to make you neurotic. 
I don't know if anybody ever saw Requiem for a Dream, but that's sort of that's that's the modern take on aspirationalism that it destroys <laughs> destroys you. No, objectivist aspiration is healthy and good, and even if you can't quite achieve that ideal, you know, uh, because of many you know real life restrictions in your life, the aspiration to do it is good. It makes you better. I will finish with this when it comes to Dominique. First of all, I agree with everything you said about aspiration. Aspiration is a calling telling you you can do better and you should rise up to this calling. I will say this about Dominique. She's one of the most capable of having strong Felix character I've ever seen on literature. One example. Remember when she's about to marry Gail Wyland and she visits Rourke in this village, little town in the middle of nowhere in Clayton, Ohio. And there's this beautiful scene where she walks to the construction project and then she sees Rourke for five minutes. She basically tells him, let's stay here forever. Rourke tells her, forget it. Then you wouldn't want me I because I wouldn't be who I am. And then they walk back to the train station and she wants to pick up this scrap piece of newspaper from the road just because she wants to have something from him. And of course, Rourke takes it and throws it away. But what a gesture. What a beautiful moment that... I want you so much. I'm so infatuated by you. You're so important to me that even this crappy piece of paper, which just happens to see in the same crappy town where you work, is very important to me. So her sensitivity is something which is, again, very difficult to meet. Anyway, we should maybe have this episode in a context where... I have better internet. Those of you who watch the news know that Greece is experiencing some very, very difficult days. So a lack of yes, internet it's, it's is... called it's called communism. Well, it's called communism, but also it's... No, oh, come on, it's not called communism. It's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's extreme weather. Indeed, there is extreme weather. I, I don't know if it's climate change, bad infrastructures, a combination of all that. But we're experiencing very difficult days. Anyway... ARC UK is experiencing great days, which is why 6 p.m. UK time, the reality show on Tucker Carlson platforming anyone. And tomorrow, 5 p.m. UK time, the ARC UK Philosophy Forum, which is for platinum levels and above, they'll be discussing a question which always I found it very troubling and difficult to answer. Does a free nation have the right to invade a dictatorship? But also, should the climate agenda be defined as a hoax? My answer on that would be no. When is it proper to boycott? Again, difficult questions. So, Mark, I'll leave the last words to you. This super interesting topic was your idea, so you'll have the last words. Yes, I mean, that gesture that you talked about uh, certainly makes Dominique super romantic. Um, that is that is somewhat, that is appealing. It is uh, It is a beautiful thing on some levels, but also I could red flag that. But I'm gonna let I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let that go for now for a, a for a discussion when the internet is on and we can really get into the details of why that's a potential red flag moment too. Because let's okay. remember, Glenn Close from Fatal Attraction was very. That's what I was thinking. That's red flags. <laughs> Come on, compared to that, Dominique is nothing. Okay, Mark, okay. we're gonna also have an episode hopefully soon discussing your new diet because I have many questions. And I find it very interesting. Uh, you post on Twitter about how you avoid uh, how you avoid particular foods and uh, what's the uh, what's the the importance of that. So a huge thank you to Mark. A huge thank Thanks, you man. to the viewers. A huge thank you to Quen Cordere 
Pine Arts for sponsoring this episode. And we will see you all next week. Actually, next week Peace. is my annual leave the week after for me. Bye-bye. Peace.